0: Please use caution and common sense when listening to the following podcast. The hosts think much more highly of themselves than do others. And be informed, they are not in fact experts of everything, although they may present themselves as such, experts of everything.
1: I am Eric. I am Chris. And and this this is Esoteric Esoteric Misfits. Misfits. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Esoteric Misfits podcast. This is the first episode of our first season, and it's the first episode in our Elon Musk series, Part 1, The Family. So without further ado, let's get started. So Chris, are you a billionaire? Never
0: mind, don't answer that. Let me guess. I'll play the odds and bet that you are not a billionaire.
1: That's correct. Not yet, at least.
0: Well, don't feel bad. I'm not a billionaire either. Neither one of us is one of the more than 600 billionaires in the US worth about $3 trillion. That $3 trillion represents a sizable 14% more or less of the GDP of the entire US. That is the total value of all goods and services produced here, which is crazy. That means a relatively small bunch of billionaires has enormous control and influence over our economy and society. Some of the adverse outcomes of such Mm -hmm. concentration of wealth we plan to discuss in a later episode. For now, in this episode, we are going to begin the billionaire series that we talked about in our first bonus episode titled, Eric and Chris, Who Dat? We think billionaires make good topics of discussion for a few reasons. For one, because they have so much more money than almost all of the rest of us can even imagine, It's hard not to have some interest or curiosity into how they live, what they do, and how they got to where they are. Also, they tend to be quite eccentric, fascinating individuals with some unique and extraordinary personality traits. They sometimes have great inspirational, rags-to-riches stories, and because of all the power they have on account of their absurd wealth, they are often on the front lines and at the leading edges of all that is possible, and all that could change or become possible. If you want to know what the future of tomorrow is today, then look at what some of these billionaires, the uber-rich, the wealthiest of the wealthy, are spending their time and money on. Perhaps the best place to start in that regard is none other than our first billionaire subject, Elon Musk. We had planned to do just one full episode on Musk, but realized with so much to cover, it would be prudent to split it into at least
1: four or five parts. So in the first couple episodes... We're going to focus on his family, his background, his personality, what shaped him early on in his life to make him who he is and what he became and how he got rich to begin with. So how rich is he, Chris? Well, he's worth around $20 billion, not that it really matters once you get above so many billions and like most billionaires, his wealth is mostly wrapped up in the value of his companies. But it's worth pointing out
0: that how much money Elon has wrapped up in the values of his companies is even more than other billionaires. That is to say, what he has invested and personally risked of his own money in his own companies is even outside of the normal range for billionaires, which are not typically known as a play it safe kind of crowd.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that he's said before that most of his money is in his companies and he doesn't really invest any of his billions that he has into anything else any other investments like any other stocks or anything and I think most other billionaires have their money more diversified so if his companies were to go bankrupt I don't even think he would be a billionaire and he might not even be a millionaire but he definitely wouldn't be a billionaire. So where
0: does he rank Chris in the pantheon of billionaires the uber rich and influential?
1: Well according to Forbes He's one of the top richest, 40 richest people in the world, one of the top 25 richest in the U.S., the 25th most powerful person in the world, and is number one on the Forbes Innovative Leaders list.
0: But in order to have a better understanding of who Elon Musk is, it's informative, if not important, to know that a sense of adventure and risk-taking and big dreams is in his blood and runs through his family. So in this part one of our Elon Musk series, we focus on his family. And his family is a dynasty of sorts, with so many in the Musk family being uncommonly successful at their respective endeavors. His uh, great-grandmother on his mother's side was uh, Almeida Haldeman. Uh, her, she was the first chiropractor in Canada. Her son, which would be uh, um, Elon Musk's grandfather, his name was Joshua Haldeman. On his mother's side, right? On, on his mother May's side, yeah. yeah. Joshua lived a very eventful life. First in Canada, he followed in his mom's footsteps and became a chiropractor and practiced for a few years before suddenly deciding to become a farmer for some time. And then he returned to chiropractic care after being a farmer for some time.
1: Yeah, and that's interesting because his grandson, Kimball, who's uh, Elon's younger brother, he's invested in innovative farming techniques Called vertical farming, and we'll talk a little about that later. But uh, he's not exactly a farmer, but he's invested in the, the agriculture sector.
0: So, yeah, getting back to Elon's grandfather, Joshua Haldeman. He, uh, in Canada, he helped start the first chiropractic association, a chiropractic college. Uh, he drafted a law to give the same legal protections to chiropractors that other healthcare professionals have, and that law passed in the 1940s. Uh, he was involved with he was v- politically active and involved in uh, some political intrigue first he was one of the leaders of the uh, tech technocrat party in Canada which was temporarily banned on suspicions of plotting to overthrow the government uh, Joshua defied the ban by placing a technocratic ad in a local paper and he caught a case and faced a few charges because of it um, a technocracy, for those who may not know, is is like a government that's run by an elite of technical experts or people with specialized knowledge or skills.
1: Yeah, I call those people, people with STEM degrees. That's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And uh Elon's recently said that he wants to see a, a really big civiliz- civilization of humans in the next 20 to 25 years of like 80 to 100,000 people. Mars and that the type of government there would be a direct democracy a simple majority would make policy changes but most of those people would probably be scientists and engineers to get the place up and running so like his grandfather it would have elements of a technocrat uh, society but later hopefully it would evolve into a more more balanced with teachers and farmers and whatnot there. Yeah. Getting back to uh, Joshua Haldeman, Elon's grandfather um,
0: in Canada, he he led a public health campaign against Coca-Cola. And we speculate, we're not real sure what that campaign was uh, based on, but we speculated it probably had something to do with the the sugar in co- Coca-Cola or pr- maybe even the cocaine that was in it uh, back then. Or but, some
1: maybe some other
0: health thing that he didn't like about it yeah or maybe even something else so he was involved in all this p- political intrigue and uh, this political activity in canada and eventually he got bored with canada and disillusioned with canadian politics and he became hung- hungry for something different and new so he decides to move his family um, which included Ilan's Mus- uh, mother may to south africa And in in South Africa, you see what an accomplished pilot with a passion for flying and discovering he had. Uh, He was also an amateur archaeologist. Uh, He had a quasi-obsession with finding the lost city of the Kalahari Desert in southern Africa which uh, people have been searching for since the late 1800s and still haven't found. He would take his whole family on these trips, including his wife, Winifred, who was a dance instructor, uh, their daughter, later Elon's mother, May, and her two two sisters, one of which was her twin sister, Kay. They would often go with Haldeman on these uh, trips. It's said that he took more than Ten expeditions to find this lost city, so the family became kind of famous for these uh, these trips and their flying adventures. He also in in South Africa in 1954 with his wife Winifred, uh, he and his wife made a 30,000 mile round trip flight to Australia from South Africa in Haldeman's single engine plane, so that was quite a feat. And um, he and his wife also tied to win a 12,000 mile cape town to algiers motor race which at the time was considered the most strenuous motor race in the world
1: yeah i think that's algeria all the way up to the north
0: it, it, yeah it could be it's twelve thousand miles whatever it was but uh both he and his wife winifred uh also won uh the country's pistol shooting championship believe it or not and so he did all that in south africa and uh, eventually he passed away in uh, 1974 flying his plane, of all things, but uh, he was with a friend coming in for a landing when the wheels of his plane got caught on a power line. Elon Musk would have been just three years old at this time. So that was Elon Musk's grandfather, Joshua Haldeman. His grandfather's daughter is May Musk, Elon's mother. She helped pass on to Elon and his younger siblings, Kimball and Tosca, this same free-spirited, independent-minded, sense of adventure and self-assured, pursue-your-dreams, follow-your-heart ethos that her father and mother encouraged in her.
1: So, uh, Mays Mus, Elon's mother, is a Canadian-South African dietitian with master's degree in both dietetics and nutritional science. She's been a model for more than 50 years, starting when she was 15, She's now over 70 and still modeling. She's been on the cover of various international magazines, including Vogue magazine. She's been on The Box's Special K serial. And she's been in ads for Revlon and Target and became CoverGirl's oldest spokesmodel at age 69. And she was even in Beyonce's haunted music video which we both just watched for the first time yesterday yeah and uh i don't know it's just modern day song i didn't think it was <laughs> Chris that great. Wasn't as, as impressed <laughs> i thought it was pretty cool though but uh and uh yeah. she was also uh, a finalist in the 1969 miss south africa beauty competition and about elon she is quoted saying i have two brilliant children but Elon's a genius. I can explain Tosca and Kimball pretty well. I can't explain Elon. End quote. And in nineteen seventy, she and Elon's father, Errol Musk, got married. So her her father got to see her get married. But as you're gonna find out now, Errol wasn't the best guy in the world. <laughs>
0: Not always, no, but he was a, By all accounts, he was a brilliant engineer, and Elon does credit him with his natural ability for engineering. Errol, Elon's father, was also a pilot and a sailor. He was well off, uh, and still is, I believe. But when Elon was a kid, they were pretty well off. Uh, maybe not so much after his parents, after the parents divorced. But uh, Errol, the dad, he retired early. He made a lot of money from engineering, consulting, and real estate development. While Elon was growing up, he owned several mines and natural resources infrastructure. He was part owner of an emerald mine. He had several homes, thoroughbred horses, a private yacht, and a Cessna airplane, just to give you a sense of how well he was doing. Um, this, this airplane, Kimball recalls, would be stocked with chocolate bars for the uh, customs agents when he and sometimes when Errol and sometimes his sons, Elon and Kimball, would visit the Emerald mine. So So you see, El- Elan is exposed to not only a sense of exploration of other places from his dad, but he's also perhaps imparted with a sense for business and capitalism. But uh, Elon's dad, Errol, has been estranged from Elon and his brother and sister for a while now. Elon has been especially outspoken about how much he hates and is disgusted by his dad and no longer wants anything to do with him. Elon calls him a, quote, terrible human being who is capable of having a carefully thought out plan of evil he said, which are some pretty harsh words. Yeah.
1: yeah, Most people love their dad. (laughs) Yeah.
0: After the bitter divorce of his parents, Elon says he initially felt sorry and sad for his dad. I think he was around nine or 10 at the time. So he says he he felt sorry and sad for his dad uh, because his dad was alone. So he went to live with him with Errol. But he says he soon regretted it because his dad was so emotionally abusive to him. One example of this that Elon talks about is when he left for his mother's home country, Canada, at age 17. His dad was not very supportive. In Elon's words, he said rather contentiously that I'd be back in three months, that I'm never going to make it. That I'm never going to make anything of myself. He called me an idiot all the time. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, by the way.
1: Yeah, that's dad of the year award. (laughs) Yeah,
0: for sure. Errol, he did have a a pretty checkered past. Right or wrong, Errol shot and killed three armed people who broke into his home. But he pleaded self-defense and was cleared of the manslaughter charges. He also, more recently, which I'm sure has caused a lot of conflict and strife within the family, uh, apparently he fathered a child with his stepdaughter, Yana, after Yana broke up with a boyfriend. And Yana uh, was only four years old when Errol married her mother. So
1: so the, that child, I wonder if will ever be given any help from... Uh, Elon and everything. I wonder if she'll know her half siblings. I'll yeah, know. if they'll consider her part of the family or whatever. Consider. Yeah, that's consider pretty weird. Them part of the family.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but uh, but yeah, that's kind of the backstory on Errol, Elon's dad. So they, he, Elon doesn't have a good relationship with his dad, but he does have a seemingly good and close relationship with his mother, May, and his uh, brother and sister, uh, Kimball and Tosca, who are both entrepreneurs in their own right tasca is elon's younger sister she's the youngest of the three she was born in 1974 which would make her a few years younger than elon yeah three years yeah she's a south african canadian producer and director of feature films television and web content she founded musk entertainment and co-founded the streaming service passion flicks which uh, I guess makes movies and series out of popular romance novels.
1: So mostly like chick flicks like uh, Mamma Mia or something like that?
0: Yeah, for the ladies. <laughs> uh, she, uh, one quote I wanted to give of hers, she said, quote, without sounding patronizing, it does seem that our family is different from other people. We risk more, unquote.
1: Okay, and then there's Kimba Musk, who's the middle child. He's two years older than Tosca because he was born in 1972, but he's one year younger than Elon. He is a South African-born American venture capitalist, a restaurateur, and a philanthropist who has worked closely with his brother Elon on his many business endeavors. And he has started several different companies and a nonprofit on his own. He owns and has created the Kitchen Restaurant Group, which has opened various conceptualized restaurants around the country with a focus on real food with fresh ingredients from local farmers as part of the food-to-table movement, and that's located in uh, Boulder, Colorado. He's uh, the co-founder and chairman of Big Green, a non-profit that sets up outside garden classrooms at schools around the country to teach kids about food and where it comes from. And I don't know about you, Eric, but when I was in middle school and high school, we just had frozen pizzas and french fries and just a bunch of frozen food. We never had like a salad garden or anything. Yeah, not not
0: a lot to choose from. Yeah, pizza and fries was like the uh, favorite meal back when I was in school. Yeah,
1: so not not really good healthy food, so now... And that's why Americans probably are so obese. But anyways, continuing on, he's the co-founder and chairman of Square Roots in Brooklyn, New York, which is pioneering scalable vertical farming techniques by growing food inside climate-controlled shipping containers. And uh, we mentioned earlier that his grandfather was a farmer, so this kind of he kind of ties in with his grandfather being... In the farming industry, but he's just uh, into the innovation of farming, not a farmer itself. But this technology is going to be important because it's estimated that by the year 2050, the world's population will grow to around 9 billion people. And that means we're going to have to probably double our food output. So in a future possible episode, we'll talk about innovations in food and and in farming. Kimball is also on the board of directors of Tesla and SpaceX, two of the four billion dollar companies started by his brother Elon. And it's been reported that he's the only person to ever do that. Elon. Yeah Elon to is, have four to have started four billion dollar companies. Yeah. And some critics criticize Kimball for being on the board because it you know, he probably was the only he probably would always agree with Elon since they're brothers, and they. some people have criticized that the board of directors at Tesla is pretty weak because they're just full of yes people to Elon, and that's how sometimes he's able to get away with some of his tweets and and other proclamations things maybe. On, uh, yeah. in the media.
0: Yeah, or, or with uh, policies regarding the companies. Yeah, he
1: might get in trouble with the SEC and... Uh, he might get sued by other people, but the board's never really given him much resistance. Right.
0: I would just go on to say that uh, Kimball, he's been an early investor or co-founder of several of Elon's companies, including Zip2, X.com, which became PayPal, uh, and then SpaceX, and Tesla. There are a few quotes I wanted to share from Kimball, just to give you a sense of how he thinks and what he's about. But uh, so one, one of them is, is this one, uh, self-doubt. He said, quote, self-doubt is the crappiest part of being an entrepreneur. Doubt from others is usually much easier to handle. And he said, quote, the hard part about following your purpose is the distraction everyone pulls you toward. And I think uh, Chris and I can both relate to that because we both get distracted pretty yeah. easy.
1: Pretty easy. I think maybe me a little bit more than you. <laughs> he
0: he also said, and this one just kinda of makes me chuckle the the way he phrases it, but he said, Quote, if you've ever done something you love and go do something you like, it's like chewing on sawdust. So he said those things. But then my favorite quote from Kimball is something he said about his brother Elon. He said, Quote, he's able to see things more clearly in a way that no one else I know of can understand. There's a thing in chess where you can see 12 moves ahead if you're a grandmaster. And in any particular situation, Elon can see things 12 moves ahead. Unquote.
1: And so that concludes part one of our series on Elon Musk. Part two will be on the man himself.